today's edition of the Transition Guy. With me today, I have joining me Paul Dunn. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Now, for those of you that do not know Paul Dunn, he's currently the chairman of a given organisation called B1G1, which we'll come on to that in a little while. But to get to where Paul is today, you've had a really interesting journey, haven't you? Well, it was interesting you talk about, you know, the transition guy. And, and my journey is one of transition, 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 transition. Uh, so, yes, it's been an interesting journey. And perhaps unlike many people that you talk with, my, my journey is a little bit longer than most, right? Because uh, an age thing, right? So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story. And one, of course, that continues. I mean, it's not a thing that you suddenly go, oh, I'm here. That's it. It's a, it's a continuing journey of curiosity and learning, yeah. yeah. And curiosity and learning probably for us is a really big thing. One of the reasons I'm really pleased to have you on today's, like today's edition is the fact that I, as a coach, also rely on mentors. And Paul is also one of my mentors. <laughs> and you're just one of the best mentees, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, and we share, I mean, we share many friends. I mean, one of my... A couple of episodes ago, I did an interview with Brad Sugars, who's now the chairman of Action Coach. Started that all up. But actually, Brad used to... He used to work for me. Yes. Exactly. Can you believe it? What a small world. Indeed, indeed, indeed. An incredibly small world. And just being here in London, you know, you, both you and I have connected with people and go, oh, yes, I remember. And that's really interesting how small it is. And this whole thing about... You know, what is it, six degrees of separation? I reckon it's now like one and a half. Well, it is, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, the amount of times we bump into each other and people that we know yeah. bump into each other, it's unreal. But what really impresses me with your work is ever since I've known you, you have this massive sense of giving. <laughs> I mean, your generosity is unbelievable. And to give you an example, I mean, your time is very precious. Don't get me wrong. I mean, your knowledge, your understanding, your charge-out rate would be absolutely huge. <laughs> However, <laughs> when I first, and I think it was back in 2013 when we first sort of connected. Yeah, I remember that in London. Yeah. And what happened was you were talking about B1G1 and you was very much on the, okay, well, I want to get people involved in B1G1. And one of the things that you said, well, if you became a lifetime member of B1G1, you would give mentoring. Yeah. Which I found to be quite, okay, well, <laughs> how can you find time to do the mentoring? Well, actually, you work silly hours. <laughs> And actually, you make the time for people, which is quite rare these days. Well, you see, yeah, and everybody thinks, I mean, it's nice that you think that that's giving. It's really nice that you think about it that way, because I think that I'm actually the beneficiary of that. And, and the reason is that in the mentoring process, for example, uh, people ask me questions that I've never been asked before. And so I go, wow, that's an interesting question. And then there's this magic kind of thing that happens and, and it happens for you as well where you, you where you go oh well have you thought of blah and they go wow that's amazing and then when the sort of off camera as it were or you know after after the thing is finished i get into a private little space and i go where on earth did that come from right and it only came because i put myself in a position to be asked that question mm. does that make sense absolutely so the more we put in ourselves in position uh, to uh, to be exposed to various things, then the better we get, which then means the better we can help other people get because we just pass that learning on. And a lot of that, I mean, we spoke about it this morning, is one's ability to be present. Yes. Yeah, it's crucial, isn't it? It is. And so, you know, it's, it's been interesting being here because you can always tell when someone's present. 
So, you know, sometimes you, 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 you go into a crowd and someone's talking with you, but you know that they're kind of, <laughs> they're like, who else is here? Do you know what I mean? Uh, so there's being present. And, and interestingly enough, I, I was talking with uh, Bernadette Jiwa recently, and, and Bernadette, uh, you know, of, uh, uh, of the Story of Telling blog, and, and, uh, and she said, she was talking about human behavior. We were talking about how things are moving so fast. And she said something interesting. She said, what I look for are things that are constant in a world that's moving fast. And she said, what's constant is as human beings, we don't change, uh, we, don't, we don't kind of change who we are. There's this thing about noticing trust. There's this thing about noticing I care. There's this thing about that. And in spite of, you know, it's always being 24 hours, always on and everything else, we look for those particular moments exactly. So what would you say have been the really defining moments for you? <laughs> well, Peter, I, I think that I, my life is just one of uh, incredible luck, really. I mean, you know, uh, it's interesting here in London, uh, many people don't know that I was actually born in this country, in Dover. And uh, then when I was 21, I got headhunted uh, by Hewlett Packard. Um, and, 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 you know, to being one of the first 10 at HP... Uh, in Australia. And so just imagine that. Uh, you know, here I am with Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard and all of that, and I'm 21 years old. I mean, you go, wow, it's so cool. Um, and, you know, I was able to do some pretty interesting things there as HP itself was transitioning to the HP, kind of like the HP that we know today, but in those days it was not. And uh, But it was transitioning out of that. And so I was part of that transition. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And all of a sudden, we had computing that was moving at, uh, you know, an incredible pace. And so I decided to start one of Australia's first computer companies, and that just rocketed. It was amazing. And uh, then I went to my first ever seminar, seriously. And and uh, you, someone who I'm sure you know of, if not know, although he he, he died recently, and that's Jim Rohn. Right? Oh, Jim. And here I was in this in this room with like 400 people. And here's James Ryan. And if you've ever seen James, James Ryan, he, he, he doesn't move. You know, he's sort of like this, and he's almost got a, a reading book in front of him. And, but his words were like, whoa. And uh, I remember, it was, for me, it was like a time tunnel. So I'm, I'm watching him, and I, and I see me there. And I go, wow, that's me right there. I can do that. And so I, and he encouraged you to get a journal. And I got a journal, and I wrote in that journal... Uh, that day, I wrote, uh, I'm going I'm to stop what I do in the computing company. And so I told my colleagues that I'm out of here. And they go, are you kidding me? And I said, because I, I, I want to train. And my goal is uh, to train 500 people this year. Um, that, that was in 1981. And, uh, of course, that grew, <laughs> grew and, and then into Results Corporation, which is where Brad came into the picture, hiring Brad. Um, and then from that to results accountant systems where we're working with, in the end, you know, 17,700 accountants around the world, even though I'm not one, which was really interesting because it gave me perspective, you know, like if you're not one of them, you can see things that they can't see. Absolutely. A third party yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's so powerful. And then, you know, uh, people were saying, oh, Paul, you're, you know, maybe it's about time you retired. And so... <laughs> And you get, right? That's challenging. 
So in 2000, I, 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 you know, I bought this uh, sort of uh, chateau-y thing. In, in, well, actually, it was a farmhouse, but it was... And it had a farm. I didn't even know it had a farm. My French was not good enough to understand the contract. And <laughs> so I made up this farm. And, uh, but then, you know, I, I was itching to, to, to kind of get back. And so I wrote, uh, you know, a couple of books, which went on to be really great books, for, at least as far as the market was concerned. And then, sort of under the radar, because having sold everything, I had all these legal constraints as to what I could do. So, but I was doing things kind of under the radar, and, and, and that was, of course, when, when, I, when I met uh, you know, some fascinating people like Roger, Roger Hamilton and stuff. Um, and then, uh, as a result of that, I had uh, uh, an experience which totally uh, changed my life, because up until that point, if you would have asked me, what's business about? I would have said, for me, not so for you, but for me, it's about two things at that time. And I would have said, it's about adding enormous value to the people whom you're very privileged to serve, and it's about having fun. That was it, right? <laughs> uh, and I had this experience, uh, which um, uh, I find very hard to talk about, but it, it was an experience which involved the... I had the experience in 2006, but it involved the 2004 tsunami. And, um, and someone was telling me about what happened to them. And, and I realized at that point that, that here we were doing, you know, we meaning you and I, running our businesses, but there's an, sort of like an obligation almost to say, hang on, there's other things we can do in this world. And that was where I first got this, this idea that we could all make a difference. And, and then what happened, just really quickly, is you know how it is when, when you get a new car and you, you're driving down the road and you're very proud of this new car. And all of a sudden, every third car coming towards you is the same as the car that you've got. And so the universe has this really interesting way of, I think it's called the reticular activation system or something, which makes you aware of things that you're now becoming more aware of. And so that was when the, the person you mentioned, Masami, Masami Sato, uh, came into my life. And, and, and that was when this idea, of, which came up in a mentoring session, actually, where she effectively said, what if we could create a world where every time something happened, every time there was a transaction of some sort, that we could choose to make a difference someplace else. Hmm. And you go, wow, that's a pretty interesting idea. Uh, and so I remember saying to her, as a result of this idea, which, which she called buy one, give one at that time, uh, wow, imagine that. Imagine, uh, imagine buying a TV and, and someone could automatically get the gift of sight. Imagine doing a coaching session and, and someone could get whatever it was that you, know, you wanted to to give and and so you go wow that's such a great idea but it's not a it's not a simple idea you know i mean it's a simple idea at the end of it but to make it work is ah, a so complex yeah so it took us three years to do that um and what's now called b1g1 um and then in 2010 effectively uh it launched and as we're standing here today uh, so anyone watching us now should, should never doubt the power of a tiny idea mm. to make uh, you know, massive change. And so as we're standing here right now, it's what, 115 million uh, giving impacts that entrepreneurs like you, because you're a part of B1G1, 
um, uh, right around the world are embracing this movement and, and really realizing that we really can make a difference. And, and it's like, you know, I, I love what um, Branson said in, in, in on, as it turns out, the 23rd of September uh, 2015, when he's at, in Geneva and he's at the United Nations. And he makes points, point, he says, you know, it's not every day that I go to the United Nations, so why am I here? And he was launching the Sustainable Development Goals, the UN, or some, some, sometimes called the Global Goals. And I loved what he said. And he, what he said was, the reason I'm here is for the very first time, the world body, United Nations, has acknowledged that it's not governments and all of that kind of stuff that really change our world. So we, there's no need for governments to sign off on these goals because for the first time the world body has recognized that it's business that actually makes the difference. How cool is that? <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, that gives us uh, you know, an incredible um, thing to aim for with all of these 17 development goals. And that's quite interesting because one of, I mean, Brad founded Action Culture on the premise of business, uh, like sort of abundance. Abundance, through, yeah, exactly. Yeah, through business, through education. Yeah. Because he, he understood early on that actually business is the route to, to sort of curing all our problems. Absolutely, and, and it, it actually is. I mean, you, you know, there's an interview with, with Branson which says, you know, just imagine that as you and I get better, for example, through coaching uh, of running businesses, then guess what happens? We employ more people. As well as employing more people, we get more ideas. Yes, they, they, get, you know, they get paid for that and so on and so forth. So we, quote-unquote, solve uh, an unemployment problem. But more importantly, if we can create our businesses in a slightly different way, where, where we can realize that... See, here's the thing. Just let me back up a bit. Things are moving so fast now, right? So you know, it's amazing, right, the speed. And so what's happening, and we're always on. Everything is always on. So what you find now is that there are people, maybe some, some people watching us, who perhaps they're in large corporations or medium-sized corporations, and, and they go home at the end of the day, and it's like... Is that all there is? is? Is seriously that all there is? And so what we're now finding, particularly since 2008, is there's, there's this recognition that there's this search, if you like, for, for meaning. I like what Brene Brown says. You know, she says, connection is why we're here. It's what mm. gives meaning and purpose to our lives. And so, it, it, and we know there's, you know, on the bad side of that, there's, we, we know that amongst teenage kids, for example, there's massive increase in, in suicides and all that kind of stuff. And why is that? It's because of a lack of connection. Does that, does that make yeah, sense? Yes, totally. And actually, if you look at how you've progressed over the years, saying that I picked up very early on, there's number one, you had a couple of good mentors. Yeah. So, I mean, Bill Packard is a good... I mean, Packard... <laughs> HP is pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, Steve Jobs did quite well out of them as yeah, well. Yeah, he did, yes. Actually, it turns out, I didn't know this, you know. I didn't know this. I, I, I went to HP in Palo Alto and, uh, at one, one point, and it happened to be the point when Jobs was there working on a thing called the 9866, uh, which was the, the first thermal printer they did. And so somewhere we were close, but, uh, but uh, never got to actually meet the guy. But, I mean, there's a guy, right, who just completely upended the way we do things. Because he had a sense of purpose. It, that's, that's exactly it. it, it, it he, he really did. And, 
um, you know, I've got this little piece of video that, that uh, a, few, a few of us have, which is where he talked about that, which is interesting because it was at the lowest point of his life, lowest point. He'd been fired, as you know, by, by the board, and then 13 years later they invited him back. And Apple, how about this? Apple share price. So what happens? I think it's on the 8th of January, 1999. Uh, Fortune comes out with a front page article, right? Because all of us have bad days, right? But listen, I mean, how's this for a bad day? He comes and he says, Apple is three months from bankruptcy. Now, that's, that's a pretty bad day if you've just been back for eight weeks, right? So, so and, and their share price was $2.72. Can you believe that? Um, and, and so what he did the next day, he got together with a group of his people, and it's a brilliant speech, and it's all about why we exist. Why, why, why? This, this thing is peppered with why, 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 why? Um, and all of a sudden, be, 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 and, we, and we all bought into that, right? And, and, and zoom, you know, that's what happened. And interesting enough, too, it was let's, let's decomplicate things. That he, he had already gotten rid, believe it or not, of 212 products that yeah. Apple had. He said, well, we don't need that anymore. So it's simplify, it's get on purpose. Um, and that's it, though, get on purpose, yeah, Paul. You're on purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence what's happened with B1G1. Yeah. There's been all a sense of purpose, yeah. and that purpose gives you focus. And one of the biggest challenges I have whenever I come up with entrepreneurs is so many entrepreneurs just chase the money trap. No purpose, they chase the money, and as Roger mm. puts it, they end up living their life in either red or infrared, where they're yeah, always chasing the money. They never have enough money. They're just over broke. They're just under broke. And it's just that horrible existence. Yeah, it is, and when you, you know, and a really good exercise perhaps for people joining us now is to just, just try it, just, just, and you might even want to grab your phone to do it, you know, you grab your phone and, and, and you say, if you're on one of these things, you say, open voice memo or open voice recorder, if you're on the other one, I'm not quite sure how you get to it, but anyway, I want you to record what you, what, what you say, and you just talk to your phone and you go, I get up every morning to, and then you, you just complete that right and what you find is a lot of people go I get up they press the record button right and they go I get up every morning to oh I'm not sure I wish I can push that button because I'm not too sure and 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 that's okay but then you iterate you know that that process and eventually you'll be able to say I, I get up every morning to and by the way when you do it it's very important to remember what my friend Simon Sinek says and he says that all purpose is human and so we need to get it away from the products and so on and so forth into the bigger picture as to why we're really here so yeah when you get that and when you can get up every morning like that it just yeah, it makes a big difference <laughs> as opposed to waking up in the morning and recording into your phone do I really need to get up or but how many people do that yeah. so many people absolutely dread that alarm clock ringing because they think, oh, I've got hell ahead of me. Oh, it's like, thank, you know, thank, was it, thank God it's Friday, you know, I got to the end of it, you know, as opposed to, thank God it's Monday, and I exactly. can get up and, you know, do things, yeah. So if you were to give entrepreneurs and people listening in today three top tips, what would they be? Based on your experience, on, on your journey, what would you say? Well, the first one I would say right now is as a result... Uh, and if you'd have asked me this, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I would have a different set of answers. So, so, but what I'm now very, very clear about is that 
getting on purpose has to be number one. It just has to be. Because, again, as, as Simon Sinek says, differentiation comes from clarity of why, not from excess of what. And if that's true, which, by the way, it is, then, then we really have to have that. The second thing uh, I, I would say is... is um, and let me express it this way and I think Roger expresses it the same way what we need to do is to stop falling in love with our products and that's not easy to do by the way what you do is you fall in love with the person who's using it and, and so everything gets, gets sort of filtered through this whole thing about how can I add to that person's life how can I add to that person's experience how can I, you know, that, that sort of thing and the ability that we have to do that now through the application of technology and a lot of things is, is like just just amazing. And you know what's quite and what you're saying there is really so poignant because a lot of people absolutely bitch and moan about the fact that their product is cannibalized by price. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you make that connection and you add value, what people, what most people don't realize is actually as you add value, people will pay. For that value, of course they will. And one of the one of the problems we have as entrepreneurs, just before I get to that third one, is that we really don't understand the, the, what my friend Dan Priestley refers to as the mountain of value on which we're standing. Right, and that's one of the reasons why. Because my third point is to continue learning, and if I can have like a slash on it, <laughs> and realize that you cannot do that on your own. You can't. It's 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 impossible. Um, and and it's almost like you've got to get out the way of you, right? And and so which is and, tough. Yeah, it is. And 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 these days, how easy is it, Peter, to to collaborate? Because there are people everywhere who have exactly the same need that you do to 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 be doing something that's incredibly valuable and everything else that they want to be a part of. And so the whole purpose thing is not just because it helps you what what actually happens is it attracts others to you and so not just team members and customers right or not just team members not just customers but team members as well and the moment you do that you get this network of of people and as a result of that you get better ideas you get you know smoother 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 uh, and of course one of the great roles that you play um, is that you, you're able to, you know, as you, as you mentor and coach people, you're able to give people this perspective because the problem is that we can get so immersed in it mm. right, we, we, that we forget, oh, no, I, didn't, I didn't see that. You know, I just didn't see it. And you've had it, I'm sure, where you talk with people and you say, well, have you thought about that? And, and they go, oh, no, I didn't think about that. And yeah, that thing was just so obvious because you had... A different perspective because we are not in it so yeah to exactly speak. exactly so um and there's probably a zillion other things but but i think uh, those those three of of uh, those mentioned are, are really 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 crucial yeah and what i would say is for anyone sort of tuning in today a sense of purpose is really key and developing that sense of purpose because once you've got that sense of purpose the stuff that you are able to do businesses are able to shift mountains once you have that purpose you are able to shift mountains once you have that sense of well, purpose. well that's, that's right and, and that's one of the reasons why i'm just thrilled you know about what's happening uh, within b1g1 because really b1g1 gives people that opportunity to express in every transaction at every as we say every second every day that 
you know, there's something bigger here, right? Um, and uh, so, yeah, getting getting connected like that and realizing that, uh, that the whole giving thing is, is actually transformational and to also, I think, realize that there's never been a time like now, and I mean that in this way. Many of us are still in this, um, you know, one day I'll, right? This, this, yeah. this kind of thing, right? <laughs> and because, for example, in B1G1, as you know, you know, you can give from one cent, right? I mean, and that one cent makes a massive difference. It makes a huge difference, doesn't it? <laughs> it's amazing what it makes. And, and so uh, what we've got to understand is, is, is that this whole giving thing is, 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 is not something over here. It's actually part of the journey, right? It's not, it's not the destination. It's part of it. And what's quite interesting, great people like the Jim Rowans, the Anthony Robbins, they always talk about giving. Of course In fact, they Earl Nightingale used to talk about giving. Way back when. Way back. I mean, an interesting thing is, because a lot of my clients are part of B1G1, and we all do the giving. And giving's like a drug. <laughs> because when you start helping, you want to help more. And the thing is, all of a sudden, there's that purpose for you to grow that business because if you can't give, you feel really bad because you're not having the impact that you're used to having. Well, so it forces that business to start to grow and become more successful. Exactly. Some people refer to it as having a giving spirit. And there's a, there's a lady, actually, that's, that's here uh, on, the, on the crew. And I met her when she was 14. Her name is Jessica. And she was on a B1G1 study tour with us. And, uh, and long story short, they invited me back to talk with their, I thought, their class at school. It turned out, it was a class of 50, it turned out to be the entire school, 550 wow. people. So, and she had experienced, you know, this whole giving thing um, on, the, on, the, on the B1G1 study tour. And so just before we, and Jessica was going to introduce me, and so I said, Jessica, what, if there was one thing you wanted to make sure that I, I said today, what would it be? And she said, oh, Mr. Dunn. In those days, she called me Mr. Dunn. She said, she said uh, it's very simple. She said, we often think that when we're giving, it's the people we're giving to who are the beneficiaries. The reality is, it's actually us. Absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree with Isn't that more. interesting? And that, you know, that's like out of the mouths of babes, right? 14-year-old, but she got it smack on. So if people want to know more about B1G1, join the movement, get involved, what do they need to do? Very simple. They go to b1g1.com um, and go through all the things there and, and come and join the movement. We, uh, we would certainly... I think it's a very special place, obviously, uh, and having you uh, part of it and experiencing it would, uh, uh, would be something that I'd so enjoy. So hopefully you can go up to b1g1.com uh, like this guy <laughs> and, and uh, come and join us and it, this totally sort of illustrates the whole sort of power of purpose the whole power of giving etc now if, if anything that we discussed today resonates with you head over to walker.com yeah. and get in contact he's the man and remember failing to learn is learning to fail 